Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We post new recipes every week, whether it's one or more than one. And Jenny recipe tests constantly, like six times a week. And then together, we try new recipes weekly. Hi, welcome to Being Home with Hunker. I'm Lori Gunning Grossman. Today on the show, we have Terry Lynn Fisher, one of the co-founders of Spoon Fork Bacon. If you're into recipes and cooking and food inspo, like me, chances are you're familiar with Spoon Fork Bacon. It's a site created by Terry and Jenny Park, offering easy recipes for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and beyond. Terry, a photographer, says her culinary world opened when she moved to Los Angeles from Idaho and met Jenny, a food stylist and recipe developer, on a set. After testing and photographing food together, they decided to create Spoon Fork Bacon. Today, they have over a 1,000 recipes on their site and are posting new recipes every week. As Terry says, they are always cooking. In this conversation, food is, of course, a main topic. Terry shares the recipes that their audience have loved the most. She also shares the recipes that people are usually searching for every January and the ingredients she thinks will be trending in 2023. We also talk about how we can set up a kitchen to make it feel more efficient, and Terry has a lot of opinions on this, thankfully. She also shares her must-have kitchen tools, the best pans to have, and her favorite kitchen appliance staples. And finally, you won't want to miss her go-to recipe that she makes at home. I suspect you might try making it this week. So let's welcome our guest, Terry Fisher. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting us. Yes. We have one half of Spoon Fork Bacon on here. Yeah. Yes. Jenny lives in Long Beach. Okay. So here's what I want to know. Let's start kind of at a beginning thing for you, because this is all about food and recipes and making meals. What was it like when you were growing up around mealtime? Do you come from a culinary family? Was this a big deal? Tell me. Not really. You know, I'm from Idaho, so it's very meat and potatoes, lots of meatloaf and potato recipes. I remember broccoli and cheddar being around a lot, just kind of typical, normal, non-exciting food. Um, Mm -hmm. So moving to LA and having there being an immense amount of choices compared to what there was in Idaho was completely mind-blowing. Yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah, it was crazy. Terry, meatloaf was such a big part of my childhood too. I grew up in Connecticut. It was so much meatloaf. Yeah, I know. Isn't that so funny? I just remember when I like got home from school and smelled meatloaf, I would be like, huh, 
Again with the meatloaf. Again with the meatloaf. Again with the meatloaf. All I could think of is that maybe for, say, like I had working parents, that it was easy to do. Like my mom would make it in the morning. We'd come home from school and there was a note, please put it in the oven, you know, at this temperature. Yeah, same. I think it was just so easy. That and like, I feel like we ate tuna noodle casserole quite a bit Mm -hmm. and like just casserole-y potato-based casserole things also. Yeah. Well, that still sounds good to me. Yeah. Right? Potato-based casseroles? I'm into that. I mean, I'm still into it. We just, like, posted a couple of potato-based casseroles, like, on the blog because it was just, like, these are so good and they're so easy. And you can't go wrong with potato in a casserole also. It's It's just, like, a crowd pleaser. Now, when you moved to Los Angeles then from Idaho or to California... Were you going out to restaurants or the farmer's market? Like, was this a whole new world that was opened up to you and you embraced it right away? I definitely was like, what is Thai food? Never heard of that. And, you know, like Mexican food in Idaho is very not authentic how it is here. Uh And so eating that was also just kind of like, oh, this is actually like really good and doesn't all compare to what I had known this to be. So I think once you kind of get the picture of that and that there's just so much more, it was, yeah, it was where, where can I go? What can I try that's Mm. different that I haven't had for sure. Yeah. So how did you and Jenny come together to start Spoon Fork Bacon? So Jenny's a food stylist and a recipe developer, and I was doing um, food photography. We both still kind of do those things separately from the blog. And um, we met on set. We were both assisting. That's what you do early in your career. And we met. Mm. And one of the things that you kind of do early on before you have clients is you test. And so we were testing a lot, which means Jenny was making food and I was photographing it and we'd put it in our portfolios. And, um, we were just like, man, we're doing this so much and we have so many images and recipes from what we were doing. We should like post them on the internet and have it be a blog and not just for our portfolios. So we just did that. And that's kind of where it started. And you started it when blogs especially were having like their heyday. I mean, I know that websites and blogs still are a big deal, but I feel like there was a time where they were just huge. Yeah, there was a time when they were just starting and it was kind of like, what does this mean? What is this? And a lot of the interpretation of blogs at the time were kind of more like um, an online diary type of vibe. Right. So to do like a recipe blog was kind of I don't want to say different because there was still a lot of us doing it, but it just wasn't, you know, people had to get used to it as a venue for procuring recipes, basically. Right. And I tried to look up to see what year we started and I forgot, but I kind of think that it was 2008 or it could be 2010. Uh So a long, long time ago. (laughs) A long time ago. So do you know how many recipes you have on your site? Oh my gosh. I used to know, but it's definitely over a thousand. We've been kind of like overhauling the site a little bit. So that number has been fluctuating, but I feel like at one point we had over 1500, which is crazy. That's a lot of recipes. Yeah. I mean, for over 10 years, we were posting multiple times a week, the whole time. Right. So you've been around for years. You have over 1500 recipes. Have there been any standouts among these years of your recipes where your audience has like really gone bonkers for? Yeah, for sure. There's a couple. So when we first posted our baked egg boats, that was really big because that wasn't a thing. Mm. 
I'm pretty sure we invented that, which is basically like a baguette and it's hollowed out. And then you pour like an omelet mixture essentially into it and bake it. And so you kind of get like a bread bowl, egg quiche vibe going on. um, And then you slice that up. It's delicious. It's so good. I mean, what's not to love about bread and then eggs and then there's like pancetta in it and delicious cheese. So that was like immediately really popular. Yeah. Some of our comforting food dishes are just always popular. Like Tuscan chicken for us is really good. And pop mm. people love that. Broccoli cheddar soup is really good. Jenny's Korean. So we do um, some Korean recipes. And one Korean recipe that we posted, which is called Korean corn cheese, which is a popular recipe at Korean barbecue restaurants. Although... It's kind of similar-ish to elote in that there's corn and mayo in it, Mm. but it's a little different. This one's like loaded with mozzarella cheese um, and it's baked and it's like a dip and people were pretty obsessed with that. And rightfully so, because it's like very simple ingredients and delicious. That sounds amazing. It's good. It's really good. It sounds so good. Also, people are very crazy for their corn right now because I, of that I that know. song. I know. <laughs> I know. Corn. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, when I went to college in Indiana, that soup that you mentioned, well, it wasn't your recipe, but it was like a broccoli and cheddar soup. Yeah. It was so popular. And I would have it every single week. I haven't had it in a while. So I need to go check out your recipe and make that. Yeah, it's really good. It's kind of loosely based on the version at Panera Bread. Ooh. So as you can imagine, loaded with cream and butter and cheese. Yeah. But it's like, you know, the epitome of comfort. Yeah. Yeah. That with crusty bread. Yes. I love it. So you said that for a while there, you were posting new recipes like three times a week. How often now are you posting a new recipe and or just trying out new recipes to see what you even want to to feature? We post new recipes every week, whether it's one or more than one. And Jenny recipe tests constantly, like six times a week. Mm. And then together we try new recipes weekly. I mean, I'm always trying new recipes for dinner for my family beyond the blog because if I see something, I'm constantly on social media because we're on social media. So yeah. I am just always looking at recipes all day, every day. So if something is like, oh, that looks amazing, I definitely need to always try it. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> always cooking. <laughs> I love it. So we're entering a new year and... A couple things I wanted to ask you about that around food and recipes. So number one is with a new year, are you noticing that there are certain types of recipes that people search for, like at the beginning of every January? Because I know that, like you just mentioned some comfort foods, which is amazing, of course, during fall and winter. But what seems to trend around this time? Definitely lighter food and not like in a caloric way, but in like a just like more greens and veggies, salmon dishes are a really popular search. I think people have been just eating a lot of meat and cheese. And so they're just <laughs> looking for ways to kind of like lighten things up and just kind of reset. So that um, we like to post a lot of huge salads and not just like, you know, a salad with dressing, but like a loaded salad where there's a lot of components. So it's still a really delicious meal, but it's just feels fresher and feels lighter. So yeah, salmon, salads, like just fish dishes in general. Yeah. 
And then just straight veggie dishes, plant-based recipes. We'll try to post a lot of those because people want them, like vegetarian dinners and things like that. Yeah, right, because they're kind of going into the new year, want to be healthy goals. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I hate to say, I hate to be like, oh, you know, everyone's trying to do weight loss things because I don't necessarily think that that's always true. Like for me, I've never had like a goal of being like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna like lose weight, but I definitely will lean into like some fresher, lighter fare for January because it's just been like a lot of prime rib for me for the holidays, which I'm not mad about, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. For me, it's lots of cheese. I'm not mad about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I don't think it's necessarily like a a weight loss thing. I think it is just more of a a health in the beginning of a new Mm -hmm. year, especially after the holidays and all this, you know, deliciousness that we're eating. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you notice by any chance every year, is there like a new food trend? Like, do you know if there's a new trend? And then if so, what do you think is going to be trending in the food or spices or ingredients in 2023? I mean, yeah, I always feel like there's a new thing. I mean, I, I feel like in the past there was like the spiralizing was like a huge thing. Do you remember mm. that when it was like yeah. zucchini as pasta, which is OK, but also that was like sad yeah because I do not think it's a good substitute for pasta Uh (laughs) but I get it yeah you know this year it kind of feels like I've been seeing a lot of mushroom recipes I feel like Mm. I feel like mushroom is going to be something that's popped up either mushroom is a main ingredient for things or just kind of like more mushroom forward recipes that feels like something that is on the cusp of happening to me yeah the other thing that I know that we've seen a lot of are like date centric recipes like date is a natural sweetener i don't know if you've seen like the viral date recipe where you like cut open a date take the pit out put peanut butter in it or an almond butter and then cover it with chocolate and a little sea salt on top Hmm, you can also put like nuts in there under the chocolate and it's supposed to be like a really delicious snickers bar alternative and it's good oh that sounds so good yeah it's really good (laughs) Yeah. But dates kind of feel like a new entry into the food trend. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like dates and mushrooms. That's what I'm thinking. I'm into it. I'm into both of those. (laughs) Yeah, we do. I think I've seen something maybe putting blue cheese in a date. Yeah. Yum. Sounds good, right? Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Sweet and savory. Yeah. Sounds great to me. Heavenly. Okay. So I want to talk about the kitchen. Okay. Since you got a lot going on in the kitchen. Okay. Number one, do you have any ideas on how we can make our kitchens feel more efficient? So whether it's the setup and design of a kitchen or, you know, where you're placing your appliances, utensils, that type of thing. Like what works for you? Okay. I have a lot of information on this. (laughs) I have a lot of, I have a lot of opinions. Let's do this. So I redid my kitchen in my house like two years ago when we moved in because it was just very old. It was odd. The kitchen Mm. was just odd. And some of the things that I did that I felt were really helpful and also saved space because my kitchen's really small were I did a stove top cut into the surface, which utilized as much space as possible to left and right of the stove, which I still think Mm. was the best decision ever because you're always cooking and taking things off the stove, chopping next to the stove, putting things into the pot, etc. So um, plenty of space left or right of the stove is, to me is like 
yes, important. Mm -hmm. I also feel like one thing I really wish that I didn't do in my kitchen is put a double sink in. I wish I just did one continuous sink. Okay. It's pretty annoying to try to wash like a (laughs) baking sheet in like the partial sink. And there's just no reason to have two sides in my opinion. So that was one thing that I felt like was a mistake. One thing that I did do that I feel like was awesome was next to my refrigerator on the end, I put in like a super narrow shelf with adjustable shelves within that thing. And that's my spice cabinet. Mm. And it's really great because my spice cabinet is really narrow. So I can, I kind of only fit one row of spices per shelf. So nothing gets lost. So I can see everything. And that's really great. And I would say if I didn't have that, that spices in a drawer are really awesome. And if you can label them on top, that's really helpful because then I feel like it's again with the single layer thing where nothing can get lost behind deep shelves. So it's like making everything kind of one level with the spices makes it so much easier. Love that. Oh, one thing that I started doing that I learned in culinary school, I went to culinary school for just a, a, a little bit on the weekends for like three months And one thing that I learned that was like life changing was to have like um, a dump bowl. So if you're like chopping your food and doing whatever, you have like a huge bowl and that is where all your scraps go into. So that way throughout the whole recipe, you have a place to put everything and you're not like, you know, stuff's not spilling off of your cutting board. You're not having to run back to the trash to like clear your cutting board and then back over. And so like the dump bowl has been like a prep life changer for me. I like that. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. When you redid your kitchen, did you also think about, well... I want the cabinet with the glasses right next to the refrigerator or the dishwasher, if you have a dishwasher, is close to like the utensil drawer. Were you thinking about all those things too, like the whole space of it all? 
yeah, we actually have open shelving in our kitchen, which a lot of people are like, ugh. But we have like some big windows and our kitchen is smaller. So the open shelving really made it feel just in general more open. When we moved in, the kitchen had a lot of upper cabinets that were really dark and it just felt like everything was like encroaching. So Mm. to open everything up, we just did open shelving and people are like, Oh, does it get dusty? And it's like a little, but we cycle through all of our dishes all of the time that it's never like things are sitting there for a long time. Yeah. And I think that's just a part of making sure that what you have, you use. So what we have, we use. We don't really have like extra things dish-wise. Yes. Okay. Do you do like a decluttering every once in a while? Like once a year, do you go through your kitchen stuff and say, out you go? Or are you pretty much set? I am, yes. I definitely will go through stuff because we just, we also just get sent stuff and I'll be like, oh, this is Mm. cool. And then I'll like never use it again. And it's like, this can't be in here anymore because it's making this drawer not close. And that drives me crazy. But for me and Jenny too, it's like, these are these two spatulas that we use. And and that's like the only two spatulas that we need. Hmm. And these are we have, you know, two whisks and we have or one whisk. And it's kind of like we make sure that the, the one whisk that we're buying is the best whisk. And then we don't need to buy another one because there's just no need. Yeah. And then the gadgets, you know, you don't need like an avocado slicer or things like that. And that's just like, if you have a sharp knife, things are so much easier all of a sudden to do, you know, the manual labor of cutting things. Yeah. So the sharp knife is almost maybe the most important thing to have in the kitchen. Do you have a favorite type of knife that you like to use or brand? I have Food 52 knives that I like, Mm -hmm. but I know Jenny likes, I think Jenny likes global knives. And I know that she likes um, ceramic knives because they don't dull. Mm. as quick. And I have a couple ceramic knives too. I can't think of the brand name of that though. Yeah. But a ceramic knife. Cool. Yeah. They're pretty Mm. because they're like a solid color too. Yeah. Okay. Now, aside from a very sharp knife in the kitchen as a must have, what do you feel are some of the most important kitchen tools to have, especially if you're in a smaller space and you want to keep it minimal? What would you suggest? I mean, a good wood spoon. I like the wooden spoons that have like the sharp edge so that you can also use it for scraping. Mm -hmm. I find that like a traditional oval wooden spoon just is not as useful as a spoon Mm -hmm. that has like the slanted edge that you can use for scraping. And I just feel like when I'm stirring things, I like to hit the bottom because then I know that nothing is getting stuck down there. So yeah, that would be like my number, my number one. And then a lot of the other tools that I have, I just, I have a lot of all clad tools because everything that they make feels really classic and useful and everything's dishwasher, which I love and they're well-made. And so they're not going to fall apart on you. Yeah. So spatula, whisk, slotted spoon, a really good instant read thermometer is like a must because oh, okay. if you're cooking like expensive meats, you know, like a prime rib or something, then you just want to make sure that you're doing it really well and correctly. So that thermometer has saved my butt a bunch of times yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, I like it. And pans, do you have like a whole bunch of different style pans, little, big? Yeah. And I actually have an all-clad set. Okay. So I have an all-clad set of that. And then I use also all-clad non-stick, 
which I like for like eggs or something like that. Yeah. But you know, if you know how to use all clad, nothing really sticks if you just know the tricks. So I love those pans. Yeah. And then I also like my Le Creuset. You do? Yes, yeah. very much so. Now, when you say you need to know the tricks with all clad, what are those tricks? Just making sure that your pan is heated and then you're adding oil and the oil kind of beads a little bit when you put it on. And that mm. way, you know that it's like optimal heat temp. And then whenever you put anything on there, then it won't stick. So usually like the sticking problem is because the heat isn't correct and you're not using enough fat. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have some fill in the blanks I wanted to ask you. Okay. I'm ready for it. Okay. If I could only bring three ingredients to a desert island, I would bring... Like my first instinct is eggs and cheese and then like wine to drink. Mm. <laughs> but then love it. That's like <laughs> but you can make a lot of things with eggs and cheese and also eggs are just delicious. Like I could eat that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that that would be good. Okay. I like your desert island. Sounds like fun. Yeah. We're going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of mentioned this already. The question was my kitchen staples such as tools or appliances are. Mm. I mean, appliances, definitely a blender. I maybe have too many blenders, but I would say Mm. if I had to choose one, I would choose the Vitamix. Love the Vitamix. And then a food processor. I went a long time with just having a small four cup food processor. And I felt like that was fine for a small family and it doesn't take up that much space. So that's another good one. Mm. And then, I mean, everyone has an oven, so that's (laughs) not really a small appliance though. No. Yeah. I mean... I don't think you need like a toaster or anything, you know, those are, I guess we also, we don't have a lot of space in our um, kitchen. So we keep our appliances kind of to a minimum. Yeah. So I feel like the blender is the one thing that we have out and. So you do have a toaster. Yeah, I guess we do have a toaster, but it's not like the toaster where you just put the bread in and it's bread only toaster. Yeah. Okay. That seems luxurious. The bread only toaster. (laughs) In terms of space. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I like it. If I could go on a culinary vacation anywhere in the world, I would go to? Well, I would go to Japan again. I've already been to Tokyo, but I don't feel like I've had my fill. Mm. And I would just eat more and all the sushi ever in existence there. Are you an adventurous eater? Yeah. Will you try anything? Yes. Almost anything. Yeah. Okay. Where do you draw the line? Um, Like if I was in Japan, I wouldn't try whale or anything like that. Okay. That doesn't seem like okay. Yeah. But when I was in Japan before, I ate like raw chicken and that was interesting and good. That's okay to do? You know, I didn't get sick. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> that one feels daring. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very fresh. Mm-hmm. But it also just kind of tasted like sushi, to be honest. Okay. It had the texture of like a scallop a little. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was like doused in a soy sauce situation. So it kind of was like a salty scallop. Okay. All right. <laughs> in my pantry and or refrigerator, I always have... Eggs. Mm-hmm. Always with the eggs. I have like an egg every morning. So that's like a, a thing. I mean, seasoning, like... What if you didn't have salt and pepper? That would be crazy. Mm -hmm. 
wouldn't be able to eat anything well ever. So that seems like important. I mean, a pepper mill, like to me, the difference between just like ground pepper and the spice container that you can buy at the store versus like freshly ground pepper is enormous. And so mm-hmm. freshly ground pepper is just the way to go, like getting having a good pepper mill. Why is that such a difference between just buying ground pepper, you know, at the store and at pepper mill? Why is that different? I, you know, I don't totally know, but I imagine that it's all to do with freshness. That's like what I would think. Yeah. What else could it be? And also when you buy it in the store, it's like all, it kind of seems flaky to me. Like it's Mm -hmm. like, however it's processed is different. And the, the pepper from the pepper mill, you know, if you have a good pepper mill, you can choose like really fine or coarse. Mm -hmm. And it's just more beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, it is. This is true. (laughs) Okay. My favorite meal or go-to recipe at home is? We make a lot of salmon bowls and I just like love that. So it's Mm. literally just roasting salmon with teriyaki sauce on top and then rice as a base and then just throwing in whatever vegetables that we can get like that we've gotten at the farmer's market or whatever that's seasonal. So like right now it would be like some roasted sweet potato and maybe I love putting broccoli. It's just delicious. Yeah. And that mixed together and then top it with some like furikake and yum. It's so good. That sounds so good. And simple. So easy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you cooking all the time? Are you cooking every day? Cause you, have a family, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. which can be busy and you're working. Are you making meals every day? And if so, how do you do that? <laughs> well, okay. So I shoot the reels that we put up on Instagram yeah, and TikTok. And so we eat those, mm. all those. And so I'd say I'm shooting a lot for that and we eat all of that food. And then when you know, it comes time for dinner time. I'm just trying to make something really easy. And I don't know how I do it, but I feel like yeah. I spend all my time in the kitchen, literally. Yeah. And yeah. that's all I do. And we run our dishwasher so often because of it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how most people get food on the table. If I wasn't making so much food for work, where, you know, if, if we're coming home from a shoot and we've just made whatever soup, you know, Jenny takes some home and I'll take some Mm. home and that's what we'll have for dinner. But if I wasn't like in the food world, I don't know how people do it. I don't know. It's so hard. Yeah. But that's where the quick and easy recipes come in with, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like the tuna noodle casserole and the meatloaf. You have to find those ways of like doing things in advance that are super easy, but yummy. Do you feel like something that could be helpful for people is to always have like beans on hand, beans and rice. I mean, some staples like that, just that you can maybe grab and make easily. Yeah. I mean, chicken is always great to have in the freezer, Mm -hmm. especially like chicken thighs. I prefer chicken thighs over chicken breast because I like the flavor better. Yeah. And that's just like such an easy thing to make, especially, you know, just like take it out and then roast it once it's thawed. And that with like a simple sauce is just so good. And if you don't even have time to make a simple sauce, you can like put salad dressing on it and it's so really good. Yeah. But yeah, chicken and eggs. Yeah. Chicken and eggs. (laughs) Do you have chickens at your house in your backyard? No. Oh my goodness. No, I do not think that I could handle taking care of 
my baby and chickens okay. and my cat. I think <laughs> that something would have to give. <laughs> okay. So I just have two more questions for you. Okay. As you look ahead in the new year and beyond with your business, do you guys have any plans on the roadmap that anything different? Or are you going to continue to make your recipes? Is this where you guys are finding your joy? Yeah. I mean, I think for right now, we're just trying to make more easy recipes. You know, Jenny, Jenny has a three-year-old, I have a one-year-old. And Mm. so both of us are kind of trying to figure out how we can focus on easier dinner recipes. You know, we do have like a lot of easy recipes, but we're definitely trying to figure out how we can make things, how we can have more of a collection of super easy dinner recipes and also some that are kid-friendly because yes. now that we've gone through that or Jenny's gone through that and, and my baby is learning what he likes and he doesn't like, it's, you know, just trying to figure out how we can sneak in the greens and how we can, you know, do that. But also the thing that I think that we both struggle with is we don't want to just cook for our kids. We want to cook for all of us and our family as a whole. So how can we do that easily Yes, and still make the food enjoyable for us, even if we're, you know, alternating a couple little things for the kids. So that's something that we're definitely talking about and thinking about. We're also planning on doing some more drink related recipes, if that tells you anything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we are planning on doing some more of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still for us just going to be making those recipes. We still really love working together. We still really like what we do, photographing and food styling Mm. recipes for everyone. And we love it. We feel lucky. So yes, we do still find a lot of joy in our job. That's so wonderful. And I will say people do love to look at food. Yeah. Just to see beautiful images of food. Yeah. It's popular. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's like such a fun part of our job is like figuring, hunting for new ceramics and new linens and flatware. I love doing that. You do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. My favorite thing to do. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Well, I had to like put a little stop to it last year because it was just, I was kind of going a little too crazy, but um, I feel like in this new year, I can kind of indulge a little bit more in buying some new pieces for us but that's definitely like a fun part and we we love to showcase ceramicists that we love that are doing beautiful work that are just producing those like special pieces that you can find for your house just the one-offs that are just beautiful Mm. so I love looking at that and and I think that our readers too love seeing that in our work oh okay yes all right I have one more question for you Okay. So our podcast is called Being Home with Hunker. What does being home mean to you? I think lately my favorite nights, I I just, I think of the nights because that's when we're not working, are when baby has gone down to sleep and we have a really delicious wine or cocktail in our hand and we're about to watch a very good TV show Mm. together on the couch. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. So that's and then and then also um, my baby's name is Jude. So when we look at him on the monitor, we call it the Jude tube. And so then I would say that the Jude tube is right next to me. So I can check in on the little babe and make sure that he's still looking cute in his crib. So that's that would probably be my favorite. Ah, so sweet. I remember those days long ago. (laughs) Little babies in cribs. It's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is really sweet. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, this has been wonderful, Terry. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Your food and your styling that you're doing with Jenny is just gorgeous and delicious. And I'm going to encourage everyone to especially go find some of those easy recipes. I know people desperately want them. So we're going to send them your way, including me. I'm going to look up your potato recipes, actually. Yeah, as you should, because yeah. they're delicious. Yeah, thank you. And your egg in a boat recipe. That yes. sounds ridiculously delicious. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect for holiday time, too. Right yeah. on. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was so nice. Of course. To learn more about Spoon Fork Bacon, visit their website, SpoonForkBacon.com, or find them on Instagram or on YouTube at Spoon Fork Bacon and get cooking. Also in our show notes, you can discover other episodes we think you might like, such as my chat with the founders of Lady and Larder, a boutique cheese shop. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit Hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer Maury Men, and director of audience development Gina Goff. Hunger's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive. Wait, wait. Okay, here we go. Dan, 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 dan.